This is the Brain Over Binge podcast, where you learn a simple, brain-based approach to ending binge eating. I'm Katherine Hansen, your host, and I want to welcome you today. I'm very excited about today's episode because I have a guest with me today who does amazing work helping people end binge eating, as well as find freedom from all types of harmful habits and addictions. My guest is Dr. Amy Johnson, who is a psychologist, a speaker, a coach, and an author of the books Being Human, and her most recent book is called The Little Book of Big Change, The No Willpower Approach to Breaking Any Habit. And these books are wonderful, and so is all of the work that Amy does. So Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much for doing this interview today. To all of you listening, I know you'll find Amy's perspective on binge eating and on habits in general to be so helpful. And we're going to dive into that in a little while. But first, Amy, can you share with everyone some of your own personal history with binge eating? And I also know you struggled with some other harmful thought habits like anxiety. So maybe just talk about that so the listeners can know where you're coming from and then also explain how you went from overcoming your own habits to then helping others with similar issues. Sure. Um, yeah. So like you mentioned, I've been blessed with all kinds of issues in life. <laughs> and um, I, I, I mean, it's kind of funny, but I really honestly do kind of feel like I've been blessed with them because it's given me the opportunity to just see things in a new way. Like many people listening, I'm sure I was feeling very, very stuck for a long time. And I'm stubborn enough that I was not going to give up. And I just kept looking and started to find some answers. And that's what I share now. So I had a lot of anxiety as a kid, as a young adult, lots and lots of panic attacks and, and pretty much every diagnosis around anxiety that you can get. You know, I did some things, some things helped, a lot of things didn't help. And for me, the anxiety kind of morphed into binge eating um, when I was, I guess, like in my early 20s. Looking back, you know, I can see that I also dieted at, a, at an early age and, and there's lots of other things that kind of probably contributed to that. But now I see it was a way for me to um, have a thing to focus on, to just kind of quiet my mind, to try to not eat, to try to lose weight. And then, of course, that kind of swung in the opposite direction as it often does. And um, so I struggled with binge eating for about eight years, um, more on than off, but kind of, you know, again, some, some things would work short term and a huge, huge part of what helped me is brain over binge. So I read that book and really quickly, like a quarter of the way through something in me knew, no, I was still sort of binging, not as badly as I had been, but you know, it's not like everything completely changed on the outside, but I really knew that what you were pointing to in that book was going to help me and that it was the truth and that, you know, it was different from everything else. And it wasn't long after, um, before my binge eating was completely gone. So yeah, I mean, that's really, um, mostly because of you and your work and, and other things, you know, that I was studying at the same time, but that's really, um, why I, why I help people now. Cause I have been there and I know what it's like. Your story is so powerful. Also, on a personal note, it's so meaningful to me when I hear you say that my book played a part in your story and you've gone on to make such a huge impact in the lives of others. And I think it's so inspiring for our listeners who are probably still in the midst of their own struggle with binge eating and possibly other habits to hear what's possible. I also want to mention that many of you who have read my second book, The Brain Over Binge Recovery Guide, you probably know Amy because she actually wrote the foreword to that book and three chapters in it. And in those three chapters, Amy, you talked about the power of insight. You discuss spirituality and recovery. 
and also how to apply the ideas you use to stop binge eating to a variety of other habits. And I hope we can touch on some of those same topics today. Our approaches to helping people stop binge eating are very much aligned and very compatible, but you do have a unique way of viewing binge eating, and also you have your own perspective about how to overcome it, which I know the listeners would find very useful. So, Amy, can you explain your basic approach to helping end binge eating? Sure. So, to me, it isn't about binge eating so much, although I have a huge place in my heart for people who are struggling with that issue, and it's one of my favorite things to help people with. But like where I kind of look and point people is deeper than the behavior. And it's, it's even deeper than the thinking and the feeling, you know, it's looking at what's true of all, all people, every single person who's ever walked the face of the earth, how we operate, what's true of us. Because when we see, when we see more about that, things really start to clear up in a big way. And and also that's a very different thing for someone who's struggling with binge eating, let's say. They're coming in so focused as we all naturally are on what we ate and what we're eating and what we should eat and what we're thinking and what we're feeling and how hijacking our urges are. And there's just a lot of thinking going on. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of urgency. And there's a ton of trying to figure it all out, trying to think differently, feel differently. What are we going to do that's different? And of course there is, right? Like that's the problem. So that's where we look. But the thing is from a mind that's really full of a bunch of thoughts and uncomfortable feelings and urges that we don't fully understand from that mind, we're not going to figure things out so much. So where I go with people is, is looking before the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors at just where our experience really comes from and seeing that as human beings, we feel stuff <laughs> all the time. Like we live in this thought created experience of life. You and I could be talking, you know, we are talking about the same topic, like looking at the same things, having a very similar history. And we work with people in similar ways, but we are not in the same universe, like in the same reality right now, because no two people are, you know, like we're experiencing life through our moment to moment thinking. And that moment to moment thinking it comes up and it looks so real to us. So again, like if you're a binge eater and you're having an urge or you're just really caught up and should I eat this? Should I not eat this? You know, like you're in that, you are in it and it is absolutely real and it feels true and it feels important to you. But that's just the nature of thought. That's the same if you're considering like, should I buy this house or that house? You know, should I wear these shoes or those shoes. Now, those might feel like they have a different level of urgency to them or, you know, different level of importance, but it's all the exact same when we look a level deeper. It's all thought coming to life within us. And it's not who we are and it's not permanent. And it's nothing we need to try to fix and figure out and sort through because it does that on its own. It moves through us. So I'll pause, but I'll just say like that, that's sort of the cornerstone of it is helping people see how all human experience works because when we aren't afraid of our experience, when we aren't afraid of feeling fat or an urge or the next diet or whatever, when we aren't caught up in our heads, we're kind of back to life being really easy. <laughs> like before we got our, we found ourselves in this issue. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And when you look at it that way, you can understand why in your approach, you treat all habits in basically the same way. And I'm hoping you can kind of dive a little deeper into that and why you believe the specific behaviors that are involved aren't really that important. Yeah. I mean, it. you know, it's not that 
I don't want to make anyone feel bad by saying that they're not important. Like clearly when yeah, yeah. binge eating, when you were binge eating, like that was important. And it was that behavior that, you know, was really kind of bringing us down and, and wrecking our lives in many ways. It's just that looking at the behavior, whether, you know, what I learned from you really, like what we saw is that our brain is just throwing out urges for something. And it's doing the best it can, and it's trying to help us, and it's doing what we innocently taught it to do. You know, that's all stuff I totally got from Brain Over Binge. So even even reading Brain Over Binge, I was like, wow, this isn't about binge eating. Like, we can talk about it and that, and that's great, but this is so much bigger than that. Because if my brain can, you know, toss out an urge for a bunch of food, and simply because I've acted on that a bunch of times in the past, you know, and I take that seriously. I think I have to do that or I get caught up in that. Of course, that's going to lead to my behavior. No different than if my brain tosses out a bunch of jealousy or a bunch of fear or a bunch of whatever, you know. So it's just that the content of it, what we're thinking about, what we're doing, that's again, it's important as a human being because because that's our experience in the moment. But in terms of deep change, I think it's not so important to look there. And it's helpful to not because we get very caught up when it comes to our behaviors and our thoughts. And it all starts to feel very personal and, and real. And that's another huge thing I got from Brain Over Binge is this is not personal. This is just a machine in your head doing what you taught it to do. The same understanding has helped people with so many different habits, addictions, even things like depression and anxiety, because it's all about just seeing our experience in a new way, not getting caught up in the what of our experience and the details so much, but looking at it further, further upstream from that before all of that. Yeah, it's not that what you're experiencing doesn't matter. It's just that I guess that fundamental idea that we don't have to take all of our thoughts so seriously and that the brain will just keep producing these thoughts. And that idea goes well beyond binge eating. So I love how you have expanded it. You know, in my books, I've stayed focused on binge eating and like this is just your lower brain. But really, when you think of the brain as a whole, a lot of your thought is so automatic and it just shows up and you have no control of that. But you do have control of how you respond and, and what you do with it. So a lot of our listeners are trying very hard to end their binge eating or whatever habit they may have and using a lot of strategies and action plans. And while all this has a place, I know that you believe ending a habit requires something much deeper. And can you explain what needs to happen at a deeper level in order for a habit to basically fall away? Well, I think it's just um, important to remember that we weren't born with these habits we learned them. They're artificial in that sense. They're very superficial, very surface level. They're not who we are. They're not deep and they're not, you know, they're just not part of us. And we absolutely know how to be binge free. In fact, even people with the worst binge eating habits you or I have ever seen, they're not binging 24 seven, seven days a week. I mean, we, we, there are moments and even if it's just fleeting moments at times for people when they're not thinking about it. It's just not there for them. And that's, you know, rather than all the focus that, again, innocently, obviously, we all do. If we're caught up in this habit, we're like, when's it coming back? And what's going to happen next? And I can't believe what happened yesterday. And, you know, we're that's that's all us in our head, not in this moment. It's all us in our head thinking about the past or the future. And, and that's where the habit lives is in our brain and our thinking. But bigger than that, just beneath that, we don't have this habit. We all have those moments of freedom. So I just think it's really nice to kind of look back there. Like, well, what's going on when someone 
you know, talks to you or I and says, I have this horrible binge eating habit that's constant and it's been here for decades and I have no freedom from it. We know that's not exactly true. No, I get that. Again, that's their experience of it. And that was mine too. I would have said the exact same thing, but that's not really true. And let's look at what's like, where is it? If it's so big and so powerful, where is it when it's not there? (laughs) What happened to it? And so it's, it's really kind of helping people see, okay, this habit is not as deep as you think. It's thought. It's thought in the moment that we innocently take seriously. And so doing more stuff, trying to beat that thought or fight that thought or change that thought, it just gets us further into thought. It gets us more in our heads. You know, it's like trying to clean your kitchen with a really dirty rag. Like you're just spreading more dirt. What's helpful is seeing that, no, that thought will clear out on its own. And when we understand, oh, thought comes and goes, urges come and go, everything comes and goes, which again, I learned that from Brain Over Binge, then it's like we get to just relax and know, okay, everything's right with me. My brain will write itself. Everything will kind of write itself in pretty quick time, actually, once I relax and just let this move through me. And I I think that's why people like you and me and lots of other people, not everyone, but lots of people have been able to change pretty quickly. There's no way that was due to lots of hard work and effort. You know, it was more like it, like we just saw something and and things changed more quickly than we thought was possible. Yeah, I love the idea that when you just kind of step back, that you naturally return to that state of well-being, that it's always there underneath. And that I think is so interesting. One of my favorite, one of your analogies is the idea of the storm and how you know, your thought is basically the storm clouds. Can you kind of delve into that a little bit? Because I think the listeners would find that helpful. Yeah. I mean, it's just a really, really accurate metaphor for how our experience works. And it's like that we, we're the sky, we're the container. I think of myself as just this open container and stuff moves through me. Thoughts, feelings, behaviors, that stuff's not me. How can it be? Because again, it's not there all the time. So it's, it's impossible for it to be us when it comes and goes. We're the space and, and it's kind of like the sky, like we're the blue sky with the sun always shining and there's all kinds of weather and we know how weather works. I mean, sometimes it's crazy weather and if you don't understand it and take the right precautions, you will really get hurt, but it's weather. There was no one in the middle of a hurricane that said this is going to last forever. No one that's been on earth for longer than, you know, a few months, like we, we pick that up pretty quickly. It comes and it goes and the sky isn't affected by it. Our well-being, like if we're the sky, like we aren't touched by that. And it sounds very simple, but it's extremely profound to really get a feel for that. Anything that comes our way and shows up in our experience, it comes and it goes and it's of our mind. It's of thought. It is not who and what we are. And the more we see this, the less we, you know, take our experience so seriously and so personally, everything gets easier. And you start to have thoughts and urges and in all kinds of feelings and you just know it's an experience. You know it's weather, not you, and it becomes quite easy to just let that move through you. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned the urges and I think the urges are part of that weather moving through that's going to pass and getting people to see that is so important. So, 
Can you talk a little bit about how you see urges to perform a habit? I believe the urges to binge are the direct cause of binging. And really, you could say the same about any habit, that the urge to do it, that's what makes you feel you need to do it. But how do you see these urges to binge or to perform any habit? Like, why do you believe they show up and how do you recommend people deal with them? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I agree with you. Like, if we're not reinforcing it and taking it seriously, it's not going to look the same. And eventually it's not going to show up at all. So, so there's definitely that piece. And I think, you know, also if we just take like a step further back from that and see, it's just another manifestation of, of like human experience, you know, mm-hmm. and urge isn't anything again, it's, I think this is so helpful for people to see that an urge isn't any different than any other thought or feeling. It's just one that in our thinking about it, you know, from a very mental place, like we've called it a name and that's okay. Like, you know, we call things names. (laughs) We call, we label our emotions and our experiences and that's fine, but that's a human mind doing that. You know, it's nice to just take that step back and see, wow, this is just another way that life moves through me. And the reason I think that's so helpful for people is because I, I'm sure you've seen this a lot and I've seen this a lot is people like, oh, I had an urge. And instantly it's like, we give it that label and suddenly, you know, our mind starts like creating an urge because we just called it that. It's not much different than any other label, right? You call a kid something and they start living into that label that you've just given them. So when we go around thinking an urge is different, an urge is unique, an urge is extra powerful, it's a really bad thought it just doesn't help us. (laughs) Like it really does us a huge service to see, yeah, it's one that that comes around a lot for you that you don't like so much, but it is no different than a thought like, Hey, I think it's time to take the dog out or what socks am I going to wear today? It's just that we've thought about it as this big, powerful, scary thing for so long that it, that it becomes that for us, but it isn't that it's just a thought with a feeling attached and it moves through us just like any other thought and feeling. And that changes so much how you experience it, because if you experience the urge as something is wrong with me, this is part of my disease, this is part of, you know, this big bad thing that that I have, it makes the urge seem so much more powerful and it makes it so much harder to not perform that behavior. But when you can step back and see that it's just basically a suggestion from your brain based on what it thinks you need at that moment you don't have to respond to it any more than you'd respond to, like you said, let's take the dog out. If it was really stormy outside, you just wouldn't do it. So it's an interesting way to start seeing the urges and just to start viewing your habit in a totally new way. And Amy, I'm sure people listening will want to learn more about your work with binge eaters and also with habits in general. So can you tell them about how to find you? And I'd also love for you to talk about your new online school that you've created to help guide and support people while they make change. Sure. So my my main website is dramyjohnson.com, just dramyjohnson.com. And you can see information there. I do still work with some private clients, um, fewer than I did because of the school, but you can see lots of stuff there. And then my school is called The Little School of Big Change. Again, my most recent book is called The Little Book of Big Change. So it's really just a place for people to immerse themselves in the ideas in the book and really really start to see some deep change from the inside out through, you know, what we've been talking about here through the brain based approach, um, similar to what you teach, and then kind of looking at the how that all fits into this bigger view of what it means to be a human being and our spiritual nature and all of that. 
So the school is pretty awesome. There's a community attached to it. So you go through lessons and conversations. There's animations in there. There's all kinds of really cool curated content to help you have a really deep, profound experience of, of being safe in the world in all of your experiences, urges and everything else. And then as people go through that content, we are having calls that are, you know, recorded and people are there. We have a forum. So it's a really great place to experience change. And we opened for the first time in June and it's really incredible what's happened for people. Lots of binge eaters are in there that have found freedom, but lots of people with all kinds of other habits and a lot of people who just were kind of curious about this and have experienced change that they weren't trying for it all. You know, like I just wanted to see more about this understanding and Hey, my marriage is like a hundred times better, or suddenly I'm not fighting with my coworker anymore and all kinds of cool stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great place. And it's just the little school of big change.com. Awesome. And I've been lucky enough to be able to see some of the content in the school and it's truly amazing. I can't recommend it enough. So thanks so much, Amy, for sharing that. I'm going to include links to both of Amy's books in the show notes. And also I'm going to put a link to sign up for the waiting list for Amy's online school, The Little School of Big Change, if you're interested. And Amy, is it opening up soon for registration? Yeah, it's opening October 23rd. We open it, open the enrollment for a week. So starting October 23rd, you have a week to get in and then it's kind of self-paced and it just kind of goes from there. Amy, your work is amazing and I feel so lucky to know you and be able to also share your ideas because they're truly life-changing. Thank you so much for having me here. And honestly, I mean, I owe so much to you. I know how it is. Like, you're just like, well, I just found it and I share it because that's exactly how I feel about it when people say this. But, you know, you always have that special place for like the person whose book you read. And that was absolutely yours for me. So I feel like you are everything I do is really kind of started with reading Brain Over Binge. So thank you so much for what you do. Wow, that that means a lot to me. And thanks so much for coming to be on the show today. It was really great having this conversation with you. Thank you. And that wraps up this episode of the Brain Over Binge podcast. And as usual, in the show notes, you can find a link to get my free ebook, The Brain Over Binge Basics. And remember that that link to sign up for the waiting list for Amy's school will be there in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you've gained valuable ideas that you can put to use to end your own habits. And as always, I want to encourage you and remind you that you have the power to change your brain and live a binge-free life. The Brain Over Binge podcast is produced and recorded by Brain Over Binge Recovery Coaching, LLC. All work is copyrighted by Brain Over Binge Recovery Coaching, LLC, and all rights are reserved. As a disclaimer, the hosts of the Brain Over Binge podcast are not professional counselors or licensed healthcare providers, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy. Eating disorders can have serious health consequences, and you are strongly advised to seek medical attention for matters relating to your health. Please get help when you need it, and good luck on your journey.